You're listening to Success Up North. This podcast is a way for me to document my journey searching for success as a grower, family man, and business leader. I'll link with other leaders to highlight how they manage to do the boring work consistently and create their own version of success. Success is relative, but to me, it means relationships, families, teams, products, and solutions that get better every day. I'm grateful for you tuning in. Even with all these problems, we found a way, or I've seen people find ways to make um, what seems like chicken soup out of chicken shit. I wouldn't say it's, you know, uh, garbage in fire out scenario, but I've seen some miracles happen in, in crazy ways when these things are not, uh, taken care of, like, like I'm describing. Um, but I'm curious, like you got anything else you want to slather on the top of that mess of, uh, so, so yeah, of course. I mean, we could literally just not stop talking about this. I think this is probably what I could talk about in, you know, for the rest of my life. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things, right? Like it's, it's those character building type situations where it's, it's make it or break it. So like I, I've commonly said, uh, I'm not the smartest or most talented person you'll ever meet. I'm just too stupid to quit. So like, that's really what it takes is just that um, unwavering, like there's only one, there's, there's only one scenario here and that's, I win. So I'm just trying to figure out a way to pull off a win. And, and when, when you're knee deep and nose, like that's the hardest place to find a yes. So um, a little bit of background on what we did last year was uh, we decided to take, I think it's just shy of like 1.5 million square foot of outdoor canopy and try to um, dry that in uh, one 10,000 square foot building. Now, you don't have to be uh, a mathematician to realize that you are extremely lopsided in what you're trying to accomplish there at any, in any amount of time. So, so what we did is we, uh, we were setting up our new dry room in uh, a remote location, uh, three hours away from where the crop was gonna be uh, harvested. So we could transport that to that location to have it dried in process and uh, back and ready to go. So the one thing that could have gone wrong, um, well, the one thing that did go wrong on top of the other thing that went wrong and then the other five things that went wrong were um, licensing. So we were ready to harvest and licensing didn't go through until about five weeks, well, three and a half weeks into harvest, which felt like five, 10 weeks. Um, so we, we were trying to push that product through that 10,000 square foot building as diligently and as quick as we could without doing anything, you know, too crazy here or there, uh, without like trying to flash dry everything. And, uh, we finally got to the point where we got that building ready to go. It was 80,000 square feet of dry space. And we filled that in about three days. And then, then we were truly fucked at that point. So at that point, what we did is we shut down our indoor grow and started drying our outdoor weed through that facility. Um, so all, all in, we were somewhere around 110 to 120,000 square feet of dry space, and it still wasn't enough. We ended up flipping that those three locations, fuck, a series of at least six times, and we didn't finish drying everything until about November 7th. 
So I've got a, a, a personal like hard stop on 1031, no matter what. We're getting harvest down by November 1st. I still have, have a crop to go longer than October 31st um for better or worse but uh here in michigan it's just so unforgiving like you don't have much longer than that like i think after 10 15 everybody should start to get nervous um the locals oh, don't yeah. necessarily but i do uh, i get uh, but... super nervous yeah we were just we were just harvesting biomass for stuff for biomass there at the end because it was like you, yeah you can't do anything with this because that's all it is right like at that point yeah. like and then i was hearing stories of guys that were just like hey you know we haven't started harvesting yet and i'm like damn it's it's October 21st. You might want to consider starting yeah. now or, or, or it may not happen for you. Yeah. You, you haven't started harvesting, but have you started crying? Yeah. 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 You should probably start holding someone now. Uh, <laughs> but no, that was, you know, that that's our, our, our big, you know, biggest challenge with uh, growing this, this much uh, product is, is our ability to dry it in any sort of timely fashion. And then even aside from that, how can you do it clean? And then um, if you're using 100% of your space to dry, where the fuck do you do anything else? And I know. Exact, oh, my God. It's, yeah, it's the exact scenario you described where I'm, I'm literally in the bathroom by the processing station underneath where we're drying and next to the trim machine. And it's just yep. it's a yep. clusterfuck. Uh, it's it's a uh, yeah. And in the amount of of money. I don't know if we were able to put like pen to paper on it and really calculate, but the amount of money we spent on touching things so many times to move it or get it into a different container because for whatever reason it was, I mean, there there's definitely preaching to the choir, dude. Like, yeah, I, I definitely dollars, definitely dollars yeah. involved there and like you know figuring out which is the right size container we got all fucking jacked up on super sacks because you know we do biomass and so we had a bunch of super sacks we ran out of totes then we started putting smokable flour in, in super sacks and we had some good success we had some bad success like and, and then we realized oh well yeah super sacks are great if you have a forklift inside the the spot that you're working with and your doors are big enough to get super sacks through oh wait so we just filled all of these so Dude, you know that was the thing year one is like i was like oh we're going for biomass so let me throw all this into super sex well that year um was apparently the year that no one had quite gotten to scale yet and every processor that we wanted to work with we're like super sacks are great but i can't fit them into my building yeah. so can you <laughs> can you take this and then put them into small totes and then ship it out and it's like yeah, yeah, no problem. And then a, a couple weeks later, everybody wanted it back in Super Sacks. So um, I put it back in Super Sacks for them. I really don't Probably care something. what I have to do. Is I just, yeah, it's whatever it takes to get it out the door is what we'll do. That, that's, Let me that's sell the, that. The punchline with that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's what's up. Okay, so uh, burnout never surfaces at the ideal time. And team members, physical, mental, Emotional spirits can go from 110 miles per hour uh, to zero super quick or, or vice versa. Maybe they're like a zero mile per hour type of emotional person and they go to 110 and you're like, holy shit. Um, I, I myself had a few situations last year in private where I was pretty frustrated uh, and 
wasn't treating myself very well, you know? Um, and, and so like, I can consider, uh, back to my time as a grower, uh, uh, the ornamental days when we had big pushes, uh, in early spring and then for poinsettia chrysanthemums, um, when you're doing a lot of shipping, uh, similar to doing a lot of harvesting, I think, um, you know, a lot of habits go out the window, good habits or, or bad habits come back, um, and, and, and slip their way in because you didn't, you weren't able to make those things invisible anymore, or you weren't able to, to figure out how to keep those things at bay. And so, you know, for me, when I'm talking about things that are sure fired ways to like, not help you do what you want to do day in and day out, I would say for me, that would be to like eat just a, an epic shit ton of fast food, like two meals a day of fast food and and fast food could also be like gas station stuff i mean unless you're getting like you know cheese and beef jerky and fucking hard-boiled eggs from the gas station it's probably not that great for you so like uh eating that as consistently as possible um and and regularly at weird times not not like focused on when i'm actually eating and then like drinking pretty much only coffee energy drinks soda no hydration, definitely not carrying a water, bo- water bottle around, you know, um, don't need that. Uh, I am absolutely not stretching at all in the mornings, uh, or in the evenings. I'm not doing any physical activity. Um, I'm trying to sit in my truck or like in a chair as much as possible when I'm not actively walking around working with the team. Uh, you know, I'm probably also like, not sitting down to dinner with my family, not talking to them very much, probably not, uh, you know, acknowledging things that are going on in their life. You know, all of those things are surefire ways for me personally to like be not an ideal team member um, uh, and, and, you know, kind of hit burnout quicker. I think inevitably, even if you're fucking doing everything you possibly could and all your habits are solid, um, you're probably going to hit burnout at some point if you don't take some time off. And so like another way to surely hit burnout is to make sure that you do not take any time off whatsoever. Like, and it's really tough because we're growers, we care, we want to be there, but like we're better when we take time off. And if we can't take time off, it's because we haven't been able to establish trust in someone or get those people on the team so that they can take care of what you need them to take care of when you're away. And so don't have those people on your team. Um, Don't take any time off. Just keep grinding, you know, 15 hour days, try to sleep as little as physically possible as well. Um, And, and uh, drink caffeine as late as possible would be the other suggestion. Um, So that that's how I would see it. What about you? Yeah, you know, like when you're when you when you're dedicated to that level of self care, you know, like when you start something like harvest and then uh, it's going pretty well, you're able to crush out twelve hour days, feeling like you know, feeling like things are working out. And then you're three weeks into it and it's like four p.m. and you still have six hours left in your day, and you're like, "Fuck, I'm crying." Like, what happened? Like, it's uh, it's it's one of those things that gets away from you really, really fast. It's like you know, you're at that point in time, like throughout the season, it's demanding, but specifically during harvest, right? Like you're you're kind of constantly pushing yourself to work long hours, take on too many tasks, like 
And that just leads to physical and mental exhaustion, which will obviously contribute to burnout. Um, I think that a lot of people feel like they have no control over their their environment at that time too. So it can yep. lead to feelings of frustration or or or, or burnout. Um, I commonly say that I don't get burnout, but it's really just I feel like I've been able to distract myself or I've just been too busy to think about it. I think also people get um, caught up in when things are hectic around you um it's hard to see when that's going to end right like so you, you know your 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 brain puts you in the uh in, in the driver's seat and you're like i'm this is how it's always going to be like this never changes like there's no end in sight this is my life now which which isn't true so what i try to do as much as possible is try to put myself toward at the end of the situation it's like i know what it takes to start and i know what it's going to take to get to the finish but I try to like wrap myself up in what the finish actually looks like and like try to live there a little bit uh, as I'm going through um, the, the, the end of the season or, or, you know, set up. I guess there's only really two times that are really crazy for us and that's setting up and then knocking down. Right. Um, and, and there's like, it's interesting, right? So you have that, that giant push at the beginning, a little, little bit of a lull in the middle, and then just a all out balls out situation during harvest, which can go the the worst thing that can happen to you is also the best thing that can happen to you in harvest is that you you know you have too much product it's it's the best worst thing that can happen to a grower at that time where it's just like i'm not prepared for this but the thing you can't happen or the thing you can't have happen is a harvest that goes too fast like nobody nobody feels good or it's like wow we finished three weeks early i think we're all out of jobs now <laughs> yeah didn't have anything to harvest shit yeah didn't have anything to harvest this went well uh, <laughs> but, but you know it's it, it's a it, it can be high pressure and, and high stress and like when it you know when it comes to meeting like tight deadlines and you're trying to navigate those like complex situations where it's like do i i have to harvest now it's raining um do i do i harvest in the rain did I have spent more time on it yesterday? Do I take today off? And then you're like, well, if I take today off, then let's just say that maybe I take one day a week off. And it's like, if I take one day a week off in four weeks, I'm almost down a week. So uh, I can't take any time off. So we're harvesting in the rain and, and you know, a myriad of other bad decisions that you can make during harvest. So I think the thing, and I feel like we're just talking about harvest now, which is literally, I feel like the, the thing I spend all my time thinking about is like, man, how can I make this situation even 1% better? And and we're actually putting a lot of pressure on that this season. So I'm, I'm hoping that we'll be able to harvest about 40% more canopy this year with about 50% fewer people. And that's just going to add to a, a ton of like lower stress, lower anxiety, lower overhead um and hopefully a shorter harvest period too but i want to kind of work some of that stuff out a little bit before i talk about it but i do maybe offline i wouldn't mind like going through like what are some of the ideas that we have for this season and then um just seeing what you guys are going to be up to as well as far as dry space and you know like the uh the incoming or the always incoming problem with more and more product every year yeah, buddy, we should definitely chop it up on that offline. That'll be a fun conversation. Yeah. I think uh, one thing I've got on the drying is if I had uh, everything covered from an HVAC 
and Dehu standpoint, and someone asked me, you can spend whatever money you want on the drying or, or on your harvesting, uh, what would it be? And I'd say, get me dry flower racks. We fucking, we, dude, we, we used them for the indoor. This you got, you used them. Holy shit, dude. Like, I don't even like, wow. Like we were, we were hanging on clothes hangers and unistrut for the first table of the indoor harvest. And it took us four yeah. hours to get that table done. And then we started and then we were like, all right, we filled that up. Let's, let's, let's start using the dry flower. So we have something to compare to. We hit the next three tables in an hour and 45 minutes, each table. Like it was just wow, so much difference. And the like whole plant hanging, we weren't doing any, we weren't cutting down into any, uh, you know, stonks or stems or, uh, you know, limbs or whatever you want to call it. It was just whole plant. So dude, I'm like, I'm so sold on it for indoor. I also think what I've seen, like how I see it work and then the setups they've got for, uh, you know, large scale dry rooms or warehouses, it's a, it's a fucking hundred percent no brainer. Like it to, it is worth every penny and like it will pay for itself so quickly. No shit. Yeah. I've, I've, I've been coveting that system for the last like two years, like year one, uh, I thought that I, I, I was going to be able to uh, execute against it, but for whatever reason we never did. Um, but no, I'm, I'm, I love those racks and I love the way that they, they stack and set up and like the use of space is really great. And like a, a lot of it just made sense to like, you know, traditional hang drying cannabis. It's like, dude, that's, that's the way to go. Like I've never seen a better use of space, you know, with no. anything else, like hanging on trellis or whatever else that I've beat to death in the past and will continue to beat to death. Um, it's, it's just nice. So I would, yeah, I would like to, I would like to talk through that with you too, because I, I know exactly what you're talking about and the use of space looks phenomenal. Yeah. Jay is the man. Jay is definitely the man from, from dry flower. I've enjoyed working with him so far. He's really quick to get information back he cares a lot about growers he like he's been in the shit for a decade or more you know like uh when it comes to dry flower and and dry hanging before that he's he's part of the legacy market so he he understands um the business you know and and uh he gives a lot of fucks so that's that's like that's kind of a prerequisite i think at this point for doing business man like i really don't want to work with people who don't give a lot of fucks like i just care so much you know, like that's just like if you're only in it for the money or you're only in it to have a job, yep. like um yeah, probably it's never gonna you know. be enough. No, 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 exactly, exactly. So what are some strategies you've used to like uh I we talked about some of the stuff you used to pull yourself out of the bullshit, but what's something that you've used to motivate the team like during that that like holy shit? And I really liked what you said about like envisioning the future like and and talking about what's next like and giving the team um updates that was something i tried to do at morning stretches every time like hey you know we're headed here we got this much done that's drying it's going to be pulled down at this point we're going to have this we're going to be processing it and listen once we're done drying all this and then we're moving on to trimming 
right and like at least it's giving some like holy shit we're not gonna be doing this for the rest of our lives are we um but i right. am curious what else you got in your arsenal is there anything else you use to motivate i mean pizza burritos weed uh we, we did we did gram of the week where you know i was hooking up the the all-star of the week that the team nominated with a gram of the the firest we could find whether that was weed or concentrate um but i don't know man i'm curious what 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 did you guys cook up so like you know as much as you want it to not be your problem it, it it's it's your problem to be to see the future clearly right it, it's not your employee's problem to be able to, to 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 try to understand where your vision is or or, or where this process is going to go clearly they might have an idea of where it's headed but you have to be the constant reminder that this too shall pass like this will end and we are going to win this year we don't just give up we're not walking away from this like this is how it's going to be this is what we chose to do and that's just it man this is the the the, the punchline of all of it is we chose this this is the life we chose so if you're mad at any particular point in time during the season just look in the mirror and be like you're the one that fucked me so like that's the the, the number one thing oh, yeah. that i try to do at any given time is shift perspective if you're getting down on yourself and you're negative in any way shape or form no matter what you have to do you you have to shift your perspective like you can take any number of other techniques or, or, or bribery or, or, Hey, you know, I'm going to give you a bonus or, you know, it's taco Wednesday yep. and now it's taco Thursday and now it's taco Sunday. <laughs> like, you know, there's only so many free tacos that you can toss out to get people through things, which by the way, lunch and dinner does help. Like it gives you that, like that, that 30 minutes to, to stop, get everybody on the same page, have a human moment with people and then go yeah. right back to it. But um, shifting the perspective is, is literally the only thing that gets me and, and our team through everything. Um, I, I'm kind of like obnoxiously positive and I think it rubs a lot of people the wrong way at first until they're in a situation where everything's on fire and I'm still obnoxiously positive. So like, I, I feel like you just have to find what your North star is, hang on to that as tight as possible. And when people see you hanging on to that North star, they're going to follow you through just about anything. Yeah, that's it, dude. That's what's up. I, I like that. I, we, I'm going to have to put that all these lessons learned in the back pocket for sure. Um, for this season, you know, it's going to be a, it's going to be a doozy, but uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. I think, um, like we we get to grow commercial cannabis at we scale. Get to. We don't yeah, have we to get to. No, we get to, bro. Like that's the coolest shit. Like some days I'll I'll like I'll be walking around when I get to the farm, like with I got goosebumps, just like holy shit, I'm really doing this. Like yeah, you know, okay, I'm I'm really growing cannabis at scale. Uh and and it's like a pinch yourself moment. Um yeah. But and I it think, doesn't get old because you love it, man. Like no. that's that's the thing. Like it, there's it no amount fun. of money. Yeah, it just gets more and more fun. Like fulfillment is super underrated in society right now for for whatever reason. People are super dollar focused, and when am I going to retire? Retirement for them is to never have to work again. It's just like man. If you can untangle some of that and find out what really motivates you and what really gets you excited every day, like that's that's the hack to life. Ah, uh, dude, I want to grow forever. Ah, yeah. shit, dude. Ooh. Yeah, but yeah, as soon as uh, you stop moving, it's over. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you got to You got to keep going. Got to keep going and growing. Will I'll never, I'll never know it all. I will always 
be a learn it all. That's the, that's the best thing about growing. So when I've been to other operations or I, or I get chances to connect with other growers, uh, I've often said, Oh, well, I've never seen that before or damn, never heard of that. Um, and I think the only way for us to like really, 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 really pay down our ignorance debt fast as growers is to spend time interacting with other growers because, you know, you only get so many crops and uh, Scott wall had a friend uh, that told him, you know, a corn soybean farmer, Scott was like, Oh man, you're a great grower. And I might be butchering this, uh, this quote in conversation, but this is what I'm getting <laughs> from it. Scott, you know, Scott's like, you're a great grower. And the guy's like, well, I mean, you know, doing the best I can only had 30 shots at it. <laughs> you know? And it's that's like, awesome. Holy shit, man. Like that's so fucking true. The guys only had it. Like, you know, you, you made the, yeah. the, the reference to, to Kobe earlier. Like a thousand yeah. shot do, doing something you can do a thousand times. This guy's only had 30 chances yep. at being a corn and soybean farmer. And he's had to learn as much as physically possible. Like we were talking about earlier, like y- you, you feel like, Holy crap, there's just so much you have to intake in this year to, to holistically like understand the orchestra of growing. And so the thing that I found the most value in is connecting with other growers who do the same thing that I do. And that's the reason, you know, that I yeah do what I do here and we're having this conversation. So I'm curious, like, you know, what's a lesson from someone else uh, over the past couple of years, you've been to their farm or you talk to them on the phone and you're like, holy crap, that is something I'm going to avoid or Thank you very much for that tip. So I don't have to uh, encounter that. Um, you know, what, what would you say is at the top of your list there? You know, one thing I was really, really fortunate for, and I didn't realize it at the time, uh, but now I've, I've, I'm more grateful than, than ever for it, is never having the perfect indoor environment to grow cannabis in. Yes, because now I know exactly what it takes to wrestle a building or wrestle an environment or into submission versus, Oh, my sensors aren't working. So that crop's dead now, or my whatever isn't working. So, so, so now this is compromised and it's just like, well, at the end of the day, um, you do have the final say and you can control whatever situation that you're up against. So, all you have to do is make the decision that you're going to win that day and decide to actually win. Like, I think a lot of people know what to do, but the, the execution is, is what really holds them up. And it's just like, yep. if you can just, if you can separate yourself with things that, you know, the fact that things aren't going well, and then just try to do something versus I'll come back tomorrow, you're going to be in a better position. Like just try to find fewer and fewer reasons to not act. Like I, even if you make the mistake, like that, that's great. You fucked up. Right. So now you know what not to do. So you learned something. It's not like, Hey, I'll, I'll wait a couple of days, see how this goes. Uh, maybe wait a couple more days and see how this goes. And it's like, wow, this isn't changing when really all you had to do was make one decision to change one thing one day and then try to untangle that problem slowly. I feel like a lot of people, was it, um, they underestimate what they can do in, one year and overestimate what they can do in 10 years. So 
it's easy. It's just, this just goes back to like trying to shift your perspective as much as possible. Like the, the, the thing I hated the most, like coming up in the first five years of my career was never having the perfect environment. Now, if you would have told me that 10 years later, that I would be singing the praises of never having the perfect environment, I'd call you crazy. But now I know exactly what to do in some of like the, the stickiest situations you can get yourself in. Yeah, you can grow, you can pretty much grow anywhere. I think the literally the, even yeah. Southwest Michigan. Yeah, there's a lot of guys out there that are like, uh, oh yeah, I've I've got a Dutch glass greenhouse. I got Priva controls. Everything's fully automated. And hey, man, more power to you. I've I've right. been there. I've been there before uh, with ornamentals. It was pretty sick, and I was able to be pretty much, you know, the single operating grower other than you know the team out there carrying out the actions for that large of a of a space so what it did was it allowed me to scale my decision making and and things like that but it didn't make me any better at growing it just it was better tools and i learned how to use them but the the true value of the time i spent in ornamentals and and out west was growing in really shitty greenhouses like really shitty greenhouses and trying to figure out how to grow cannabis in really shitty greenhouses and, and how to fuck up a bunch of propagation using, you know, poinsettia propagation techniques like that. You know, it like, that's, that's the way we learn and uh, that's the fun in it. So I I think um, for me, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, um, one thing that, that I definitely, uh, didn't know that I thought was interesting that proved me wrong last year was there was this grower down the road that was kind of coming in late to the game and they were, uh, cutting down like a, a stand of forest, uh, to, to grow on. And I kept telling them like, oh, you guys are going to have to like, you're going to have to do some sort of seeding to outcompete the weeds that you're going to have. Um, I was pretty adamant about that and they cut everything down and they planted in it and no weeds came. Interesting. And, and I was like, wait, why don't you guys have weeds? And we have fucking six foot tall weeds trying to wrap around the main stem of our plant. Like what is going on? And then, Oh, well, it was a fucking mature stand of forest. Like it's a completely different <laughs> set of seedbed underneath, like in the the soil. So like what's what's down there? Not the same reserves that would be down there if it wasn't a mature stand of forest before. So like that was a really interesting lesson where it's like, hey, you know, if you're gonna cut down trees out here to to start a new plot, like maybe you don't have to consider putting out near as much uh cover crop seed if you were going to do it that way or maybe you don't even need to spend the money on ground cover for the first year so that was an interesting lesson i also uh this guy decided to put um drain fittings pvc drain fittings instead of pressure fittings on the irrigation system um and so it was really interesting to see that thing blow out oh no a few different times until they figured that out so that was a lesson that you know i'm not going to say that i'm like a really great plumber 
by any means when it comes to animation. <laughs> but like I definitely know the difference between the drain and and um the pressure fitting. So I I like doubled down on that one. Like, holy shit, dude, don't do that because that sucked seeing them have to fix that. Um luckily, luckily these guys did not take the advice we gave them to go below ground with it because they would have had to do a lot more digging to fix that problem. But they suffered the consequences being above ground later on, you know, not being able to drive equipment over it, all that kind of jazz. So um, lessons learned for sure, man. I think uh, the coolest thing about growing is there's so many different ways to do it. And your context is never going to be the same as someone else's. Um, and that it could be like every variable is the same except for the ownership. Right. And you have a completely different uh, outcome. You know, I will, I will share this with you. This just, this just popped up is um, I, I got invited to go into at the time, one of the, the most uh, well put together state of the art, like healthiest crops I've ever seen consistent environments dialed in the clones that they were cutting were like far and above and beyond anything that I could ever hope to try to achieve at the time. And then I watched this company um, kill it and kill it and kill it. And then they decided to take all, but this is kind of before they first had, had their first sales um, on the, the rec market in Washington. They took all of that product and they put it into holiday specific packaging, which seemed like a good idea at the time when it was, you know, November and December. Oh, but when they were trying to sell that shit in May, um, it wasn't, it didn't have the same impact. So uh, oh, that's a tough one, dude. Don't use holiday specific packaging for anything. Ever. Oh, that's a great one. How about how about the old uh don't grow just one cultivar? Oh yeah, that's another thing. They had like one strain. <laughs> yeah, I and and I, I I love there's a few guys that I really like. I I love them to death. I think they're good guys, but I can't get through to them when year over year they're growing one or two of the same strain. And, and, and we're talking, you know, in December and January, I'm like, hi, how are sales going? Oh, you know, they're going okay, but it'd be better there if we had, uh, you know, five or six more strains, but you know, we're just, uh, we're just waiting for people to take it. Oh man. That's uh, and it. And they probably do a really, really great job at the handful of strains that they grow, right? Like, so it's, oh, they it's crush, really hard they to, crush it. Yeah, no, exactly. no, no, they're it's good, it's good quality. Exactly. Like, and, and but, but when it comes to like that's the business side of cannabis that is hard to deny when you see the way the market is. Um, you know, it's on the uptick right now because of just supply and demand and you know, whatever's going on, uh, with enforcement. But I think, like, in general, um, when it was when it was like hitting softballs over like the short fence um, you didn't really have to give as many fucks about those types of decisions with packaging or, you know, the amount of cultivars you're growing or those types of things, because it was, you grew it and it was gone, baby. Like, you yeah, know, exactly. Uh, so it's different. It's a whole different mentality. Um, and I think that that's something that's, that's something I'll take forever with me uh, wherever I go and whatever business I'm associated with is some of those um, marketing and sales uh, pieces of knowledge that are really hard to 
to gain unless you've seen it happen with someone else or you've, you've been a part of it. Um, and luckily I've, I've got to experience some of those things and seen them. I just try to put myself in the consumer's position, right? So it's like, do I want to buy the, the same strain every single day in perpetuity? Like, you know, if I'm going to drink Bud Light, I probably drink Bud Light every day and it's what I drink. And I don't typically deviate left or right of that. But in cannabis, you know, it's a little bit different. I feel like where uh, the opportunity to try something new is more intriguing than just staying the course with what you know works. Because as we all know, um, each strain, you know, reduces e efficacy over time and it just doesn't have the same impact on you. So for me, it, it's, it's nice to switch it up as much as possible. One, I just like to see what else is out there. There's a ton yeah. of new uh, hybrids on the market right now. A lot of fun stuff coming out. So that's always exciting for me. But just in general, like just the, you know, the tolerance-based decisions. It's like, hey, this isn't affecting me as, as, as well as it used to. So let, let's kind of pivot and change. So that's, that's the attitude I try to take in, you know, with, with production right now is we need more strains. Um, so much to the tune that we, I don't know if you heard about this at all, but we popped 900 seeds this year. That's, that's definitely a doozy. It's a motherfucker. So, you know, I, I've done 100 seed, uh, hunts by myself and I was overwhelmed. Right. So to bring a few more people into it and be like, Hey, we've got a really good team. Let's go ahead and pop 900 seeds because this isn't the worst decision we can make right now. Um, and, uh, it, it wasn't like, we're pulling a lot of great stuff out of there right now, but I'd say 60% of that was compromised in some way, shape or form, um, to where, you know, we're never going to be able to mine that or get the, the, the product out of that. But, you know, it, it's not, it's not all for not because we are pulling a lot of really great stuff out right now, just in time for our field production. Well, see, there you go. There, there's definitely opportunity that comes from it. Yeah. We, we haven't. We're not popping that it, many seeds. We only did it went from nine hundred to three hundred really quick. <laughs> I, I heard that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we're we're rocking twenty five uh, cultivars outdoors this this year. It's gonna be it's gonna be a doozy. Nice. Yeah. Um, I'm excited yeah, I mean, about it from a flavor perspective. I'm way less excited about it from a metric perspective, but we're we're gonna get her done. I mean, dude, we're going to whittle down to only having like our, our main like six production strains that we really, really liked for the last two years and then adding another 24 to 30 new strains. So I don't know what the fuck we were thinking. I guess, you know, the variety is the spice of life, right? So I knew if we had more to select from, it wouldn't yep. be an overwhelming mountain of shit to look through. It'd be fun and exciting. And then suddenly I'm staring at this overwhelming mountain of shit to look through and it's like, well... We have definitely tied ourselves to this project. Yeah, there'll be some funk that comes from it, though. No doubt. Yeah. Oh, exactly. We're already pulling a lot of great stuff out right now. And then uh, we're, we're, our, our greenhouse, where our depth runs are almost finished right now. And there is a ton of field production strains in there. So I'm very excited. What's up? That's what's up. Okay, so we've talked about, you know, what we do on a daily basis, kind of what we're about uh mindsets perspectives beliefs now uh for those that are listening and want to learn a little bit more uh could you share a little bit about you know you and how you got to this point in your journey what that journey looked like in the past yeah no um it very very 
humble and, and modest beginnings. Um, you know, we I started uh, operating in a, oh, I don't even remember how big this place is. It was probably, it was two flower rooms um, that we, we used a flip box. So we had like six, six lights in each one, or maybe it was 12 lights in each one. And we flipped it to, to 24 lights. So we had just two giant flower rooms that were probably all of maybe 200 square feet. Uh, at the time, it was the, yeah. the largest production facility I'd ever walked into. Uh, we took that small room and, uh, you know, flipped it into the rest of the building. So then we had a nice little 4,500 square foot indoor facility um, that was, for lack of better words, uh, falling apart, had already been, quote, uh, allegedly um, in a fire and uh, recoup the cost through insurance. Uh, and then we had allegedly to build a, in yeah, a fire. Allegedly, yeah, that was the, that was the landlord, not us. So it, this this building had paid for itself once before we even got there. And then by the time we got there to try, start doing some build outs, and it were like, oh, this thing had burnt down once. So wow. you know, it, it never. Talk about a lemon. Never, yeah, exactly, exactly. But it was our lemon, and it was uh, it was yeah, in a neighborhood that wasn't crime riddled. Uh, we didn't find needles and uh, you know all sorts of stuff every single day um, around the outside of the property. Uh, this was in Seattle, by the way, so you know at all the 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 symptoms of that city were definitely present there uh, in that particular location. But just like trying to so so, I guess if you, if you can find hope in a situation that may at the time seem hopeless um you can pretty much get through anything and then like just just having the opportunity to work with like just really really great driven people um that really wanted to be in the industry and try to push the industry forward in in, in some way shape or form that wasn't just for um, their own personal or monetary gain it was to actually like learn a craft teach people like instead of like cannabis as a product we started making, you know, really, really great teammates and like really, really great leaders and people. And that's when it really started getting interesting for me is when it stopped just being about money and weed and started really being more focused on fulfillment and leadership and development. And like, it may sound really, really cliche, but all those things really, really matter. And, and to now, like, you know, thinking back on, on where I started and how small and humble it was to now, like a lot of the, like a lot of the day in, day out hasn't changed, man. Like it's literally the exact same thing. Like, you know, not being married to all the, uh, the, the, the most, um, uh, up to the second technology that I can rely on to, you know, perform uh, XYZ tasks for me or with me uh, to literally just being more tactile and in, in making decisions based on information, not just trying to interpret what may have happened through um, a series of sensor malfunctions. You know, like it's all that stuff that I hated for such, such a long time is literally the only reason why I'm still here. And like to take that 112 light room and 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 to flip it to where we are now where we're looking at just over two million square feet of canopy this season um it's 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 mind-blowing because dude the the when i first walked onto that field in uh in arlington uh where, where you were helping me out that that first year um we're trying to figure out what was up with uh you know um how often i should be spraying what i should be spraying and how much time i should be spending on spraying like that was the largest project i ever thought i was going to see like ever 
And now we're, we're starting to just stack these massive, massive projects together. And, and I get more and more excited about it the more I think about it. So it's, it's very humbling to think that someone who has no experience and just, a, if you have no experience and you have nothing to lose. The only thing you have to do is gain, like you, you only gain. And, and there's, there's, through a series of really, really bad decisions, and then only trying to figure out, you know, how to get yourself out of it over and over again, um, is the only way I think you're going to build what it takes to, to, to continue in this or any industry, really, like you just have to develop the passion for what you're doing. And it, it, it you may start one place and be doing the same thing every single day, but mentally end up in a very different place at the end of it. So I just... I'm really grateful for everyone who's helped me out, including yourself, to get to where we're at right now. But it's literally without building a team of growers to talk to on a semi daily up, you know, second minute basis, um, I would probably be lost. Like you have to be able to share these ideas and like the good or bad with with somebody and they have to be able to be like, yeah, like. I think you're onto something or like, no, you, you're completely fucking wrong and you should not do that. Like that's just being able to put yourself out there and get hit in the face and then keep at it is, is I think the, the kind of the, the punchline of everything that we're doing right now. And it doesn't mean that you're right all the time and you don't have to be right all the time. In fact, if you're right all the time, you're probably just never pushing yourself. So I think that, yeah in order to be successful, you, you have to be a failure. Yeah. You're not a failure if you don't quit. Exactly. No, but that's, yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of, that's really how I think about it, man. It's, 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 it's the people and the places and the, uh, the lessons learned um, in the times where you think everything's going wrong and that you should quit and give up and get out of here because you you know this isn't you and you don't know how the fuck you got here anyway but like you continue to push like just persevere through that push um you can literally do whatever you want you just have to want to do it dig that really dig that perspective so you shared a little bit about um who you're grateful for uh definitely grateful for our friendship but i'm curious more um about who you might be grateful for outside of work or mentors, things like that, people who have helped you uh, get to where you're at, maybe that um, aren't in the the day-to-day of the farming? You know, um, there's, there's, a, there's a short list of people that I think about every single day. And the number one on this, on, on the list right now is, has got to be, um, it's just gotta be my dad. Like if, if it wasn't for, for him, like stepping back and allowing me to fuck up over and over and over again, I, I don't think that I, I, I would be nearly as happy as I am right now. And like, while he may not be around anymore, everything he's ever said to me resonates every single day. And right now, like the, my biggest regret is when something amazing happens to me in, in, in my career, I immediately go to try to call him and that's no longer there anymore, but I get to share that with other people now. So while that door may be closed, it opened up 
several other doors and avenues and, and, and other people to talk to about these things. So um, when it looks like, when it looks like the worst that could happen happens, there's, there's probably a reason for it. And uh, it's, it's, it's up to you to find a, a, a positive spin or, or a, you know, some shift in perspective to, uh, to make that even more special. Mm, thanks for sharing that, man. That was, uh, that was special. <clears throat> well, I, I, uh, damn could talk to you for another five hours today. I think both of us have, uh, <laughs> children and, uh, probably catching up on planning and making phone calls and stuff like that for what we got in store for this season. So I'm going to, yeah, yeah I took a bounce. I took a vacation for a week and now I am literally, I'm just going to be down a week for the rest of the year. I feel like so, um, yeah. lesson learned. Don't take any time off. No, I'm just I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I, what I'm thinking is like, it's just a lot more like regular half days or one days. Like, I think like, yeah, I, the longer, the longer I'm away, I feel like the, the more I have to catch up on and the more like, uh, I missed out on, but I, I feel like if I'm more frequent for shorter durations, I'll probably get the same impact. Uh, I don't know. Some uh, same impact, but, but less feelings of uh, this isn't what I want to do. You know, and then like uh, I found too, that when you step away, you find out who's going to step up. And I think that's more valuable than, than even you taking the time off. Sometimes it's like, learning who who that next man up is going to be or, or learning who actually does care because obviously you know you, you you assume that everyone you work with cares to some degree but then when you pull yourself out of the equation people around you have uh, a little more uh, a better idea of what you actually bring to the table and what you're you know what they don't see you doing on the day-to-day that you know when they get a taste of that they actually have a little bit more appreciation for what you bring to the situation too. So I think taking time off uh, definitely matters, but you can learn a lot more from it than just, ah, now I'm rested and ready to go back. It's like, wow, well, what else went right? So Yeah, that's cool. I dig that perspective a bunch. That's some, that's some, uh, that's some silver, silver lining of the vacation taking time off. <laughs> Fuck yeah. You just, you just got to keep looking for it, right? If you don't look yeah, for buddy. it, you'll never fucking find it. Keep pulling at them strings. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, uh, man, as always, grateful uh, for you, your time, your knowledge, uh, friendship. We'll do this again. Uh, maybe we should do this again as the season's uh, finishing up. That would be cool. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I know you said you want to get into it maybe four or six weeks from now, too. Um, I, I, I think that would be great. I wouldn't mind checking in with you a couple of times through the season if you got time. That's what's up, dude. You were listening to Success Up North. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit subscribe, rate the podcast, and leave a review. The true litmus test of this podcast's impact is what listeners say about it. If you found value in this content, please share it with others. If you'd like access to video and written content like this, let's connect on LinkedIn. Until next time, just grow with it.